0: Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you.
1: It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris. Welcome home, Jesse. Wh- what? Wait a minute. Thank you. First of all,
2: thank you. Welcome home, listeners. Welcome home, people who are in the room. With listeners, but aren't really paying attention,
1: welcome home. Sure. Welcome home. Uh, can I ask what, what leads you to welcome everyone home? Well, I mean, I think a couple couple weeks
2: ago on the podcast, um, you know, I got kind of into the idea of, of places and events that when you arrive at them, people say, welcome home. Because they kind of sure. represent something, you know, like they represent a kind of a home away from home or like a, a, you know, a place where you can, you know, kind of be with your true family. Right. And um, the places I have experienced this in the past are Burning Man, mm. um, the Magic Castle.
1: Jumbo's Clown Room. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> <I
2: wish. laughs> they now say, please leave. You're not welcome back here. And then, very recently, I discovered that this "Welcome Home" is now written on the door of Carl's Jr.
0: (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Because
2: (laughs) apparently, there are some people who who have built their identity around really good Cris-Cut fries.
0: Oh, the Cris-Cut fries are good. Yeah, they are good. (gasps) Way better than the regular fries, which are also pretty good.
1: Our guest, (laughs) our guest on the program.
0: Carl's Jr. enthusiast
1: <laughs> is uh, one of the hosts of Maximum Fun's own Story Break and a, an accomplished uh, filmmaker with the with the Rocket Jump. Freddie Wong, hi, Freddie.
0: Hello, welcome. Me. Um, can we talk about Carl's Jr. for a second? <laughs> I mean, I guess we are. When you're there, you're family. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I have now. I I have a. There's a couple of places I would love to insert Freddie into the conversation. Um, I do have a. I have a. I have an, an updated list of places that say welcome home, thanks to uh, one of our fans on Twitter. But I will ask Freddie: A, what do you think of Carl's Jr.? B, do you consider it home? <laughs> and, but also on this list is the Magic Castle, a magic. Uh, society to which you are a member i am yes
0: anyway Uh, as a as an amateur magician of some repute we should
1: explain that east of the rockies the magic castle is known as hardy's right (laughs) Right.
0: brilliant brilliant um first okay so so the answer to the question is in that order number one carl jr underrated underappreciated Oftentimes missing from the the big old burger roundups when people you know are putting their tiered lists. Sure, In and Out, Shake Shack, but you think you think Carl's Jr. is up there with? I think the six dollar burger uh, can swing with the best of them. Okay. you know, a contender. Mm-hmm. You know, the rope a dope of burgers, if you will. <laughs> it, you're pu- it pushes you into the into the ropes, right. and, and pummels you into submission, and wears you out over the course of eating it. Right, the rumble in my tumble. That's how i say exactly, exactly yes
2: to make that rhyme and track
0: yes yes uh and uh the magic castle which which by the way this year um seeing some hard times on, yeah uh, the, old, the old magic uh, you might you may not be surprised to learn that in-person magic performance is fairly low on the essential <laughs> workers list
1: i'm a gog well the governor signed that list uh, allowing for card tricks
0: they did. It was it was three card monties and um, matrix effects. Weirdly, very specific. Clearly, the governor a, very, a fan of various <laughs> uh, magic uh, uh, accoutrement. Um, but yeah, you know, I will say this: I, I have some friends, you know, from from my time, you know, sort of exploring and delving into the world of magic, and just hearing from them, uh, uh, you wouldn't believe it. Zoom magic is a thing that. Has become a thing now. I have a friend who's about to release some tricks to the community for you know a price, and it's his collection of Zoom-based effects for webcams and FaceTime calls. Right. So um, you can maybe do something
2: like, oh, you know, it looks like I'm in my living room, but with a snap of my fingers <laughs> I'm in Rio de Janeiro!
0: <laughs> All of a sudden, a lot of the David Copperfield effects seem less impressive. Right. You know? <laughs> my, uh, my
1: neighbor... Who is the father of uh, one of my six-year-old's best buddies? Is a film composer. He's a very accomplished film composer. Has composed for numerous notable films, and um, he recently sort of like took a left turn from his career writing music for commercials with one of the guys from Nine Inch Nails, who's not Trent Reznor. <laughs> Into doing magic. And I've gone to the magic castle. Oh, my goodness. Yes. With him and our respective sons. But I don't, I can't bring myself to tell this nice man whose child is wonderful, his wife is wonderful, uh, that our children are are good pals, uh, and he's a very bright, interesting man that I I have nothing but contempt for magic. (laughs)
0: Can we get into? Have you ever gotten into this? Because you've said this to me once. I remember we were in San Francisco, and I had a deck of cards on me. And the first thing out of your mouth was, "I hate magic." (laughs) You're not going to do a magic trick, are you? I'm sure we've
1: discussed this on Jordan Jesse Go, but the basic, the uh, Freddie. First of all, I love you. I want you to know that. Uh,
0: Number (laughs) two, you hate the game, not the player. Exactly.
1: I resent the idea that I would pay someone to trick me.
0: Hate hate the conjured, not the conjurer. <laughs> <laughs> you hate that which he conjures. <laughs> yeah, I think Doug Henning has a shirt with that on it. <laughs> Doug Henning really made me laugh. That
2: was a great <laughs> magician pull. That was a that was a.
0: So much better than, uh, I don't know, David Copperfield. Doug Henning's the uh, the thinking man's magician. Right. <laughs> the thinking man's pop magician. Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: don't hate, I, I I don't like the, I don't like tricky stuff. So feats, extraordinary feats are moderately interesting to me. Like mm-hmm. I like the idea of, of Ricky Jay throwing a playing card into right, a watermelon, right, right. which I did see him do once. It was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's the trick part that I don't like. I don't like being tricked.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair.
1: I do like um, a corny comedy mu- magician uh, where the oh, tricks are some good ones. where the tricks are only like just good enough to carry the. The pattern that's been the same for 40 years.
0: Yes. Oh, and by the way, bonus points if the pattern makes like really dated references or yes. definitely comes from a perspective of it's like women are less people. <laughs> like, so there's there's sometimes you see that still with some of these magicians. We're just like. Yo, that's kind of jacked up. That's a weird right. jacked up thing to say. And everyone, everybody in the audience is looking at each other like this is a little bit uncomfortable. And yet they just push on, and the coins keep a rolling, and the cards keep a flipping. And it's like, gotta update it, my man.
2: It'll yeah, it'll be like it'll be like a guy who who you know he's <laughs> like oh does anybody have a dollar bill and he's like you know hand that to me before your wife can take it shoe shopping <laughs> yeah.
3: you know it's like that kind <laughs> yes. of light yes nineteen eighty
0: seven sexism and you're like and you're and you're like. Did this even work back then?
1: <laughs> when Jordan and I went to the Magic Castle together, it was to see our friend and past Jordan Jesse Go guest, Matt Ricardo, who's sort of a, he's a magician, oh, yeah. but more of a cabaret performer, I would say, Yeah, generally speaking. And one of the acts that, uh, that was on the same bill as, as Matt was one of these comedy magician guys. He was probably 65 years old and oh uh, was very Fred Willard-esque, um, but without the irony. And, um, but I found the act very charming. I really enjoyed it. And one of the things that I noticed about his act was that there were definitely, definitely parts that used to be like racist or ableist. And he had just covered them up by changing all the verbs to people from Alabama.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's not
2: just because the th- only group, it's still okay to take
0: shots at. I
1: guess <laughs> it made me very uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: Um, the Magic Castle, by the way, may be some of the most fascinating crowd and performer, like conflicts I've ever witnessed in my life. Oh, and as somebody it. who loves, you know, live performance and you know a well put together act some of these were like i was almost standing in my seat like i can't believe i get to witness this tonight one in particular was there was uh you know a magician who was doing kind of a comedy bit where you know it was it was a a series of repartees with a particular audience member and you know he would he would do something like oh would you let me borrow a dollar bill and if, if the person does so he is like yeah well what a sucker you know essentially kind of that's the the back and forth the back the sort of repartee now, this gentleman in the audience refused to be had by this magician. Like it was like, can I borrow? It's like, yeah, but oh, your wallet. Like, you know, pulls out the wallet, and he made the joke. Everyone laughed, and then from that point on, this guy would not go along with it at all. Like, you'd be like, yeah, you get a dollar, and he goes like, nah and it would stand there and you would think you'd be like okay well you know this is uncomfortable let's let's you know the performer should you know okay you know gently let this person down move on to another person keep the act flowing. but it was it became this fight this contest of wills between two (laughs) old men and he because he refused he refused to back down like he'd be like come on let's go let's do it come on up on stage the guy's like no And he would go into the audience and then you had people were so uncomfortable that you had people throughout the entire room screaming at these guys being like, just give them the, just give them the bill. Like just play along. Like it was so, and I was sitting there just, I was wide eyed. I was so happy. (laughs) You can't win a magic show. You (laughs) cannot
1: win a magic show. These are, these are members of some of the groups, you know, old men, drunk people, People who've spent thousands of hours memorizing card tricks who are best known for their flexibility.
0: <laughs> uh, a wonderful thing. The other thing is also sometimes you'll get a, um, you know, the Magic Castle will do acts that are, you know, not just in the realm of, you know, conjuring and magic, but also, you know, juggling, some of the sort of more vaudeville sort of things. And if someone's a juggler and they're up there with a magician, you know they're good because everyone thumbs right in the in the world of magic The place called the magic castle it's not the juggling corner (laughs) so if a juggler showing up you know that that person rules so anytime i always say that like i look ahead i'm like if anytime it's like a juggler or someone doing kind of a little more of an off-kilter act i'm like you must go see that because there's no way they would let them on stage unless they were completely awesome at it um so we were we were we were discussing
2: the concept of welcome home on a on Mm. a past show and a a um A Twitter user got in touch with me, um, someone who listens to the show, I believe. Uh, This is from a Twitter user, at Fiercely Trans. Has anyone mentioned the Desire Resort and Spa in Mexico, a nudist slash swinger resort, (laughs) says welcome home when you arrive? (laughs) Uh, They had not mentioned that, but I am delighted to add that to the list of places that says welcome home, the Desire... Uh, resort and spa Um, and
0: yes (laughs) freddie you have a question i just wanted to look up some of the like online reviews to see how they obliquely referred to all of this well freddie i'm i'm a couple steps ahead of you (laughs) oh thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you yes please
2: i immediately became fascinated with the idea that this place is having to cope with the pandemic (laughs) I mean, we think about the places that have been h- hard hit by this, you know. Right. Um, you know, bars, restaurants, um, you know, beauty salons, places like that. But close-up magic venues, close, yes, close-up <laughs> juggling corners. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I mean, I I don't think I've seen any news coverage on how um, clothing optional, couples only resorts and spas are handling this. Right. Um, so I surfed over to their website and this is just kind of from their homepage just to, so people know what we're working with. World-class luxury and spectacular spaces create the perfect combination of relaxation and fantasy with breathtaking views of extraordinary destinations, both land and sea. Our clothing optional concept Wait, hold offers, on. Yes. Jesse, you have a question. Sorry.
1: This <laughs> yes. is a question for both of you guys. What yeah. are your top three sea destinations?
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna go Lost City of Atlantis. That's my number yeah.
0: one. Oh, Atlantis, top one, top one for sure. I mean, Mariana trench. trench. Come on, the it's trench, Grand Canyon, jinx. <laughs> the Trench. You know, <laughs> you know when you, you I see the pictures of it, but when you go in person, it's yeah, just as amazing. Right, it is absolutely. I propose to my wife at the bottom of the Mariana's Trench. <laughs> Bermuda Triangle, would you
1: say is that number three? You
0: know the Bermuda Triangle's overrated. I just gotta right. say it's overrated. Yeah, it's smaller, you see, you it's smaller than it's smaller you think. than you think. You know.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> our clothing optional concept offers intimate, exclusive spaces to meet new couples and participate in the inexhaustible <laughs> game of seduction.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, no! no.
3: Inexhausted already, to be honest. <laughs>
2: no. So. I'm surfing. I'm surfing around the site, and they have a a, a kind of a, a pop-up called "Seductive and Sanitized: Safety Protocols for Healthy Seduction." <laughs> no, no, I surfed over to this page, and here's just some of the preventative measures they're taking at the at the Desire Resort. So, uh, continuous and effective disinfection of of in-room surfaces and air conditioners. Uh, that's, so that's good. 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 That's Good. It's a good okay. step. Um, Constant disinfection of high contact areas Every 30 minutes Every 30 minutes, wow, okay
1: That's awesome, maybe something with HEPA Be nice if something had HEPA What's that? You know what I'm talking about, HEPA?
2: I don't know a HEPA
0: Like an air filter
1: Yeah, it's a type of air filter
2: Oh Uh, Our, our, and this is in capitals Our germ patrol will be offering (laughs) antibacterial (laughs) gel To guests on a regular basis No,
0: oh no, no
2: So if you're Bone down with a with a with another open minded couple, the you do not have to worry because the germ patrol will be by to spray you with gel.
1: I'd like to swing while doused in antibacterial gel.
2: Yeah, there's a tingle, there's a little tingle there that I imagine would make the whole experience even more erotic.
1: Yeah, it's a little something extra.
2: And then I think this is the easily the best thing that they're doing for safety. I think, in my opinion, we have changed our buffets for a la carte menus. <laughs>
1: Oh. I don't know. I kind of feel like, are you really even at desire if you're not eating at the buffet? Yeah, I know. They're known. They're known for their buffets. The bacchanalian
0: buffets.
1: I mean the the king crab legs. Just
2: you know, seeing a gray bearded goatee droop into a steam
1: tray filled with fried clam strips. <laughs> A Sunday bar is inexhaustible
0: as the art of seduction. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, this reminds me a little bit. Did you, did you folks see the, um, the Vancouver BC endorsement of, uh, as a, of safe sex, COVID, COVID-19 safe sex methodologies? I don't believe I have. This one was notable because they put out a a you know a government level <laughs> release that was like hey hey here's um safe sex methods please avoid you know kissing face to face positions and then specifically calling out and endorsing glory holes as safer. What? <laughs> Not kidding. Wow, dude, Vancouver rules. Vancouver <laughs> rules. It's Great. got Dave and Graham a... and government
1: glory holes.
0: Government <laughs>
2: exactly. So you know that the circumference has been measured, an artisan has
0: punched the hole. (laughs) Lots of places for mountain biking. The BC Centers for Disease Control suggests that residents, quote, use barriers like walls, for example, glory holes, that allow for sexual contact but prevent close face-to-face contact. That's just being smart. Now I get why
2: everybody in America is all I'm moving to Canada. (laughs) I get it now. I get it. I didn't quite understand it before.
1: Wow. If your kids have moved out of the house, you know, let's say you're, you know, you're a a fit, attractive 44-year-old couple. Your kids just moved out of the house. They're off to college. You're changing the third bedroom into a fuck room. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would think, well let's put in one of those swings. Mm -hmm. Some people might say let's put in a stocks some other kind of
0: A stock and pillory, like for that medieval (laughs) that medieval action. Sure. Sure. That that village that village flogging action.
1: Maybe like a round sunken bed, you know, you put mirrors on the ceiling.
0: Mirrors, mirrors, yeah, sure, sure.
1: In the age of COVID, why not throw in a plexiglass barrier with a hole in it?
0: Right. I would say go the extra step. Do the production. If you're you're already laying down cash for production design here. <laughs> Why not throw in a prop toilet and a, a, a stall divider? You know, like do oh, the full. It you know, actually get, look like a seedy bathroom. Yeah, like get the graffiti on the walls. You know, get like really take like if you want the full experience. Don't don't half ass it. Go fully assed in. Right.
1: Right. Get the get the total the total like rest stop feel.
0: Yes. Yes. Exactly. I think yeah, that's I mean, fine. I think
2: that's yeah. I mean, I think that's probably probably something that's going on you know more than we realize because maybe it's not all over social media. I mean, people talk about you know the kind of pandemic hobbies: puzzles, baking bread, starting podcasts, magic tricks, magic tricks. But I mean, I think art directed fuck rooms are probably way more common than than we know. They're going to be the new escape rooms. I'm telling you right now, they're going to be the new <laughs> escape rooms. Right, heavily themed.
1: I'd love to have I'd love to have a really good production like I don't know who is the person who did Grand Budapest Hotel production design wise, <laughs> but that's who's designing my fuck area. I want a lot of pastels. I want a, a lot of that Tiffany blue. What's more erotic
2: than a Wes Anderson
1: movie? <laughs>
0: Top of my list of erotic directors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when you think pure sex, pure sex, just raw, dripping sexuality. Wes Anderson. Ooh, absolutely. Those the criteria. Ooh, those fonts and the symmetry. Mm. Gets me so hard. You know what? The thing is though, I think yeah. for Wes Anderson though, like for him, just saying—that's yeah. why movies work.
2: Yeah, I mean, there, there is a there is a a fetishist level of detail. Yeah, the man just loves those little music boxes. At
1: the end of the day, we all know that if Wes Anderson could, he'd fuck a clay dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you can in Vancouver because apparently it's uh, safer. Speaking of like well, the production designed out and finding right the production designer for. Oh uh, yo, know, your your Wes Anderson themed <laughs> symmetrical fuck room.
2: Are you are you guys Okay, hold on. Before we before we continue You know, what, Freddie, I'll I'll follow up in a
0: second. Sorry, I I interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> are you are 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 you as disappointed as I am at how poorly billionaires spend their money? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Billionaires just they fuck it up so 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 consistently. They fuck it up. They just go and buy the clippers or whatever. Yeah. Like but there's so many more insane things that you could do that they aren't doing that it, it pisses me off. It pisses me off to the point – like, for example, like to, to speak of movies, right? Everyone knows the first Matrix, great movie. Second, third Matrix, not that good. If, you, if I was a billionaire, I would just be like, listen, I'm hiring Keanu Reeves. I'm hiring Lawrence Fishburne. I'm doing <laughs> Matrix 2 and 3 just for me. <laughs> Remaking them. Just for me and my friends. That's it. It's, they'll be, did you hear? Like, Freddy's, it, they, there's a third, there's two more Matrix movies that he just made and no one gets to watch them. That's the level that I want wow. from crazy billionaires. Like, could you imagine? It's like, yo, you wanna come over? You wanna watch Matrix 2 and 3? Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. The remakes, the ones where we I paid everyone involved in the first one to do it for me.
2: They don't lean into the
0: philosophy
2: stuff as hard. So it's a little more fun to watch. Exactly. It's a little more Exactly. I mean it's there. It's kind of an undercurrent. I don't get didn't get rid of it entirely, but you don't lean on it so hard.
1: You gave a lot more lines to Cornell West. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know this about me, Freddie, but thanks to my ownership of the audience supported <laughs> podcast network. MaximumFun.org. I myself have become a billionaire,
0: oh, and really? congratulations! I'm
1: responsible for the new Bill and Ted movie.
2: Mm. <laughs> that, was, that was nice of you to let everybody watch it.
1: That was my number one priority. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a community-minded madman. That's really that's good.
2: Uh, hey, speaking of this is actually a, a pretty fantastic uh, segue mm-hmm. to something that I wanted to ask Freddie about. Um, okay. Because you're here and I know you have a certain interest, I wanted to revive an old segment. Oh wow. Okay. This is an older segment. And usually, you know, when you know, we we don't we don't we don't, we don't go back to the well that often, but um I think that, that
1: this <laughs> For is. For the well nevitation. she is dry.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Was there water to begin with? <laughs>
1: a thousand times no. <laughs> Some would say no.
2: <laughs> but I wanted to revive a segment where I uh, read off the names of the Avatar sequels and ask the guest which one they're most excited for. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is a great segment. A lot of fun. We uh, started this a couple years ago and they announced the names of the Avatar sequels. Um, Actually, this article I'm looking on. 2018. Ugh, what a year.
1: Now, hold on, Jordan. Let's just check in with Freddie real quick. Yes. Um, How do you feel about uh, the film Avatar? Fucking
0: Love it, Wow, love it. Did you see it? Love it. <laughs> I've yeah, it was fantastic. and I don't know where everybody I don't know it's become cool and hip to hate on Avatar to thumb your nose <laughs> at James Cameron's cinematic <laughs> achievement. Let me say that again, cinematic <laughs> achievement. This is, this is how I know Avatar worked as a movie. My mom, who hates sci-fi, like she hates Star Wars, Star Trek, just cannot get into it at all. On top of that, hates 3D, could not get <laughs> into any of that crap. We went to see Avatar as a family. Her glasses were ca- caused her about 20 minutes in to go into the lobby, throw up into a trash bin, and then take the glasses off. She returned because there's nothing else to watch. She definitely looked. She sat there, sat through the rest of the movie, blurry, because again, when you watch a 3D movie without the glasses, it's just a double vision blurry sure. nightmare. When we came out like what you think? she was like I thought that was pretty good. She actually thought it was pretty good. She does not mince words when it comes to movies. She was like, "Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good." That if you, if a movie can make you throw up and right. be blurry the entire time and it still kind of works, there's something working in that movie. That's all I'm saying. She might have been just watching True Lies. True Lies is pretty good. <laughs> It's True fun. Lies this is a good movie. Tom
1: Arnold's yeah. funny. It's a little racist, but besides that, it's a fun movie. Abyss.
2: That's another pretty good James Cameron movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's real. How did
2: your mom feel about the
0: Abyss? She, you know what? I don't think she would. I think I'm trying to think of like other James. I don't even think she's seen Terminator. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Did she go see any of those uh, science museum documentaries? oh no 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 she hates like going again if it's the moment like we, we had a growing up we had a um imax theater before they were you know cinematic like destinations they were science center like go come watch yeah. the a thing on volcanoes <laughs>
2: yeah yeah something yeah some helicopter footage of the grand canyon
0: <laughs>
1: exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah there's one of those at hearst castle where you can watch somebody take off in an old-timey airplane
0: that's oh, fun. That's very cool. Um, Who needs Tenet? <laughs> Who needs Tenet? Pacific Science Center, by the way. So uh, that was the one up in Seattle. And we, we would always go big. Oh, let's see an IMAX movie. She's like, no, no, thanks. Too much. <laughs> Even that. Too much. Yeah. So, Freddie, I'm going to read the name of the sequels if you don't know yes. them already.
2: Can you tell us which one you're more excited for and why?
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Avatar, The Way of Water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Avatar, The Seed Bearer. <laughs> Avatar... The Tolkien Raider. Excuse me, The Tolkien Rider. Avatar, The Quest for Iwa. So those are the four Avatar sequels. Just give you a minute to process and then...
1: By the way, Tolkien's Rider was... was He wanted some mead and some of that Hobbit marijuana. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and nine breakfasts.
0: Um... <laughs> <laughs> I was uh I was joking about this the other day. I was like, you ever wonder what would have happened if cuz like Lord of the Rings was written by, you know, this World War 1 soldier who had to endure World War 1 from the British point of view, not an awesome American soldier who we we came over and ruled both of those wars. Could you Thank imagine you. what how different how different Lord of the Rings oh, would yeah. be if it was an American GI being like, "Time to write about my experience rolling in and kicking ass."
1: Yeah, like if it had been written by Ted Williams, the splendid splinter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's just, yeah, Uh, the American Lord of the Rings is just from the Balrogs perspective. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Listen, Avatar the Seedbearer is going to change the landscape of cinema forever. It's going to be...
2: (laughs) Wow. So that's the the third one, Avatar 3. The third
0: one. Yep. Yep. The Empire Strikes Back of the series, if you will. Okay. Uh, It's going to be like Citizen Kane. You're going to look at cinema pre-Citizen Kane as, (laughs) you know, a bunch of trains pulling into train stations and, and garbage horse shit and... The birth of a new genre. Afterwards, uh, I'm looking forward to the seed bearer because there's a couple of things in here. Number one, yeah, it's it. I it, it's going to imply it implies to me a step away from it sounds like the second one's gonna be like a bunch of underwater stuff, which is right. again, Avatar's already basically a bunch of underwater stuff, which is I think the secret of James Cameron is that secretly he's really he's not a filmmaker, he's really just an underwater nerd who's <laughs> sure. filmmaking as he a way a to finance. submarine fan. <laughs> he, who's he's like a submarine to, fan. Yeah. Um sort of like Howard Hoxian in that way was like secretly doesn't care about movies. He just wants to like fly airplanes. Like now nah, James Cameron just wants to explore the water. Um, the seed bearer is going to represent a step away from the water theme. And we're going to, mm. it feels like we're going to get into kind of these elemental sort of earth vibes. Mm. And, I was going to say know, pornography. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, don't, uh, the, the meme potential is just going to get more people in theaters like I'm all for it you know he has a he has the he has the Barnum, the the pt esque understanding of a good sexy title you can make fun of gets asses in seats
1: sure how old is james cameron I
0: how bet old is
2: james I cameron he's in
1: his 60s let's see this is an easy google
0: 1954 66 years old
2: wow
1: 66 years cool james cameron still
2: vital The Abyss. And I guess they're making those. They'll, the, the, he, the, he's, I mean, I think he, you know, he knows he's in his twilight years. That's why I think maybe why they're making those all back to back, you know?
1: Because they don't want to lose him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You can't make one of those without Cameron. Are you kidding? It's crazy. Yeah. Have you seen his, um, have you seen his matte painting work? No. <laughs> did he really? So Does that he was do? how he started. So this is what's oh. crazy about James Cameron. How he started was he was like a traditional matte painter. So he did matte paintings on Escape from New York and they're fantastic. <laughs> And also, like, for example, in, T- in Titanic, when, you know, uh, Leo, Leo's drawing Kate Winslet, the close-ups, it's, it, that's a James Cameron drawing. It's just him plying his, you know, to the art trade, uh, which is just always a fun little, little piece of trivia about him. Everyone, everyone knows him as, you know, a uh, 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 legendary underwater explorer, creator right. of cinematic classics, sure. but also a, a damn good painter.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, you watch Avatar, and you think to yourself... Uh, s- uh, someone who really put a lot of different art into this made it. Like blue, dots of things, <laughs> uh, <laughs> tail heads. Fuckable cat people. <laughs> blinkies. Everything. Soup to nuts.
2: Freddie, do you know what Ewa is? I, I don't. I was I, as a bigger Avatar fan.
1: I was maybe thinking
2: maybe you
0: knew what what you, what you what Iwa uh, was.
1: It's a female sheep.
0: Oh, <laughs> I believe Iwa Iwa is the it's like the the god of the world, like kind of a Gaia esque sort of entity. Oh, shit. And and by the way, I know a little bit more about Avatar than you expect because when I was when I graduated. Um, when I graduated, I took a job with 20th Century Fox in the licensed video game department. So this is something not a lot of people know about sort of the specifics of what I did there. Uh, we were making movie tie-in games, and this was right before the first Avatar came out. So we were working on the Avatar tie-in video game. It was going to... When it came out, it was one of the first video games to be a 3D video game for 3D-enabled TVs mm. at that time, which is a very new thing. Um, and this, Freddie, was avoid the noise <laughs> 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 a sequel to it actually um, Got it. but what was crazy was the environment at Fox at that time every person there was convinced that there was the end of the company like they everyone was marching forward as if like okay we're going we're gonna to put this out it's going to be great but not nobody had any idea really what was going on with the movie I remember very specifically a meeting that my boss pulled me into just because he was like you have to see this just to understand how crazy this movie is it was department heads from all over the studio and they were talking to mcdonald's to decide what the toys were because (laughs) mcdonald's will decide their toys for their happy meals a year in advance because of the amount of of production that it takes to just churn out all that plastic so this was a year before the movie was coming out they're like okay so this is based on some of the designs that we have we're gonna do an avatar sort of themed happy meal and at some point someone said the movie is coming out right this has been delayed a few times already and the only response to that the response i can only describe was nervous laughter as like yeah (laughs) hope so Like nobody had any confidence in it. Uh, it was just wild to think that everyone was like, "Well, I hope this movie comes out. Otherwise, all this crazy money we're spending with McDonald's is just going to go to complete waste, and I'll be out of a job." Oh well. But that was. I
2: think it, I don't think you need a movie to appreciate a small. That's the toy universalness of a, of a fuckable cat
0: person. Of a fuckable cat person. Listen, Garfield's known that since the beginning. Jim <laughs> Davis has been on that from right. the eighties. Yes,
2: Daddy Thick. <laughs> <laughs> The original, the original thick daddy. yes treat me like Monday, Daddy.
1: <laughs> How close are we to Avatar two, three, and four hitting movie theaters? Two was twenty twenty
0: one, I thought, right? It was next year like Christmas time. The ultimate gift.
1: When did
2: Avatar <laughs> <laughs> The ultimate Avatar, the ultimate gift.
0: When did Avatar One come out? What was that, eight years ago? Two thousand and nine. More than eight years yeah. ago. Over a decade at this point. <sighs> Because we were working on that game in two thousand and eight and so two thousand and nine that that was uh yep. Wow. Wild. Uh, you know what? Something that's been lost over time is I remember there was all these reports of there was a similar Titanic esque effect where people were like going to rewatch the movie over and over again. Do you remember hearing these news stories?
2: Oh, that like the idea was that people people wanted to be in be in Avatar. They wanted to like live in Avatar so they there was like, they had like a fantasy life where they lived in avatar.
0: Yeah. Isn't that's just, could you imagine if Tenet had that going for it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like you just, there's that, fan, that sort of like movie fanaticism. It happens rarely. Now you yeah, like see that, me. Oh, my, oh I want to live in the world of now you see me. Oh, if only I can manipulate cardistry. Yes. <laughs> oh, if only I could hide my card, my card shape props from security officers. What a great sequence. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, like I just feel like movies don't inspire that level of passion anymore. You know? I, I you know, I, I think even, you know, even I think that you're we're gonna look back at this era as the era of Marvel and these big franchise superhero movies and these gigantic tent poles in the same way we look broadly at like the fifties as like musicals and then there was like the decade of like uh oh, monster movies and sort of that sort of thing, as as just like the broad brush that this time period gets gets painted with. But like, I just don't think that there's that weird That that sort of fanaticism. although I guess some, I guess, you know, I think Endgame had a little bit of that, but that was such a, to me, such a depressing slog. I went to see Endgame at 4 a.m. at the uh, the (laughs) Man's Chinese, because... Because like when when else are you going to be able to do that right? Like when else in our lives is there ever going to be a movie where it's four a.m. and everyone's going to be in there and you know excited for this movie at four a.m. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. It was also a movie where I'm like, man, this is not a four a.m. movie.
2: Yeah, it is also nine hours. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does
2: seem like that the Marvel thing, the thing that this kind of driving Marvel mania is just how fucking charming all of their casts are like it's they've they've assembled the most like likable group of people who are also like great on twitter afterwards you know yes it's maybe seems to be a little bit less about you know the world and a little bit more about like you know these are my these are my sexy friends who i go to see a couple
1: times a year
0: yeah it's my sexy funny friends who we hang out For a little bit, and you know, then there's that's that's the fun time, sure.
1: Freddie, do you not feel that way about Barry Pepper? (laughs) (laughs) Is that the white guy from Avatar? Barry Pepper,
2: Uh, (laughs) Pepper. Barry Pepper's the white guy from Battlefield Earth. (laughs) 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 <laughs> what else is Barry Barry Peppers? That's a there's a name I haven't heard in ages.
1: Who's the white guy from Avatar? Who's that guy? I'm thinking. Boy, of? Boy,
2: yeah, I don't know. He will. He will. All he will go down as the white guy from Avatar. He like did not uh, get more famous. Sam Worthington. It's right. He was in the Bad
0: Terminator movie too. I have, I have a theory when it comes to actors, which is you can only be an actor. You when you become an actor and you become famous, you own that look that general you look like x person right so it's like if you have that and someone else already kind of looks like you you're, you're just it's over you're screwed you can't be an actor because forever you're going to be oh you're the less good-looking version of blank right at which point you might as well just try to become a stunt person right like at that point and that's just the luck of the draw that is you know like that's just the way it is you know
1: and sam worthington but. will always be known as the less good-looking berry pepper
0: <laughs> the, the less right. good-looking berry pepper yeah <laughs>
1: People always look at at Sam Worthington and think, uh, that stupid man
0: animal Like basically, his thing and like Chris Pratt's thing are on the same trajectory. Really? I don't know. I feel like Pratt. Uh, Pratt up, you're pull not going to give you're not going to give Worthington any comedy to do.
1: Yeah,
2: but
0: I'm saying pull up two pull up two pictures of the two of them. I'm just saying the general broad look is like you know kind of within the same realm, and. And I think that that's just they're, they're fighting for the same real estate.
2: Yeah. Every time I see Charlie Hunnam in something, I'm like, Who are you trying to get for that? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> who was? Who are you trying? <laughs> Nothing against Charlie Hunnam, of course, but he always he does strike me as a like second or third choice.
0: And by the way, a very comfortable place to be second and third choices for movies. You
2: yeah, know? sure. I mean, you can make a very nice living,
0: Freddie.
1: What's your what's your over under on the domestic box office for avatar 2 the seaman what was it called
2: <laughs> the voyage of the seaman uh two let's see i i i uh i have to look at the article again what
1: was it, it's called is... avatar 2 the voyage of the mimi starring a right young ben affleck young ben affleck the
0: way of water the way of water is the, the way, way of, of, of water, water. Yeah. Yeah. i mean well first of all box bucks, obviously both office sure um I think it's okay. Are you this already studio Prexy? <laughs> <laughs> this is my theory. This is my theory. James Cameron is one of what four people, three people to have ever been at the bottom of the Marianas Trench.
1: <laughs> right. Wow.
0: Probably the number
1: one most majestic sea destination.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Top one, top it's tier. Be. It's gotta be. Uh, TripAdvisor's got it at the top, it's been there for years. Right. At a great place to fuck someone else's spouse. <laughs> Oh, I love a spouse. <laughs> I think he found the devil down there and made a crossroads esque agreement for his soul, which is why his movies continue to, con- like, you know, like uh, this is the only explanation I have. Because I did not, honestly, I did not think Avatar 1 was going to make any money. I was like, this is fun, it's cool, but like, no way, right? But then you hear stories about people who are drawn into the world and they're coming and see it like 20 times in theaters. I'm like, that's the devil's work at play there. <laughs> yeah. That's that Marianas Trench demon work. Yeah. Do you think James Cameron at
2: James Cameron at some point will have to challenge the devil to a fiddle contest?
0: I would hope, right? And I hope we'll be able to see that in 3D IMAX and be able to... Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you guys have heard the sequel to Devil Went Down to Georgia, right? No. Is there one? There's a sequel to that Whoa. song. It's a song with a sequel. It's The Devil Came Back to Georgia. <laughs> uh, sure. With Charlie Daniels and amazing violinist fiddle player Mark O'Connor. Huh. Um, and like all sequels kind of treads the same ground it kind of tells a redemption arc where essentially Johnny is so good at fiddle that he's just like gotten rusty so then the so then the song just is like a training montage for Johnny to get good at fiddle again and then he just beats the devil again it not didn't necessarily feel like it needed to happen um, but an amazing violin solo. I love the, I love the solo. So if you, if you want the, the continuation of the story, there is a sequel to that song. Just like Avatar, it got a sequel. To, he recorded four in a row. He's going to be releasing them slowly over the course of the next. <laughs> I haven't heard that one, but I'm
1: a, I'm a big fan of uh, Let's Devil Again like we did last summer. <laughs>
2: Do you know that? I learned this recently. The guy, Carl Douglas, who did Kung Fu Fighting, also released, released like follow-up Kung Fu songs. No way. Yeah, there's some follow-up kung fu song. God, I'm 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 looking on Wikipedia. So no have...
0: way. Yeah.
2: Someone so there's some, there's a Carl Douglas stand out there who's uh, who's dance screaming it Dance the kung fu. Their... Yeah, that might be it. It might be dance the kung fu.
1: There's a genuinely great knockoff of that uh, uh, kung fu song by legitimate musical genius Curtis Mayfield called Kung Fu. Uh, oh, wow, that is a truly great. Amazing song that I presume was inspired by what a big hit the song Kung Fu Fighting was. It was a little mini genre for a while, like the like like
0: funky Kung Fu song.
1: Yeah, what an odd cultural eddy.
0: Yeah, it's like it's such a str. And by the way, one that one that has long, weirdly long tail. Like the <laughs> the in the Western mind, the association. Of, like, I mean, like, that was all I had growing up. It was just 100%, like, you know, karate, kung fu, Freddie, you're Asian, you must know this. Like, the Bruce Lee thing, the shadow that that cast is like surprisingly so, especially in America. Where uh a kung fu fight versus a guy with a gun. I think the guy with the gun wins every time. So it's weird that we would like <laughs> it's just crazy to me that we would like the American ideal is like, yeah, kung fu learning how to do kung fu. It's like you we we're like the we're the ones with the guns. Like that's the thing of us. Like crazy that you would think. Anyway, just it's just it just it just really is it is interesting to me. There's something about that there's something about the idea. That you can like, you know, something about like, you know, sort of the inner strength channeling, you know, the some sort of mystic power, which by the way, that sort of thing is like, I remember when my dad showed me Star Wars and, you know, he was talking about the force and he's like, yeah, that's like Eastern, that's like Asian philosophy stuff that's been like in our culture forever. Like he was just like, yeah, he's just borrowed a little bit of that. That idea is like a pervasive one though, which is, so it's interesting to see how it gets expressed in all these weird, weird ways. Star Wars, the, the song Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> <laughs> The Star Wars of songs, <laughs> yeah, the Star Wars of songs. To
1: me, there's kind of a dark side of martial arts and those skills. I thought you were going to say a dark side of the Force. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> uh, and I and it is that like if you spend a long time practicing. Let's take as an example karate. Uh, let, mm-hmm. Let's say you, you take you go white belt, various black. colors, and of course, sure. triple black belt. Triple right. black, right? You've been practicing your karate so long. Part of the premise of it is that you learn to do karate, so you don't have to do karate. <laughs> yeah that's some bullshit that's fucked up it is so much work to learn karate and then you don't (laughs) kick anyone's ass the
2: best the best person in the world at karate does no karate
1: it's like i mean freddie imagine think of all the lonely hours you've spent in your bedroom practicing card tricks
0: living room i clear that space i need the table okay thank you yeah, you got to have a table
1: for card
2: tricks, Jesse. Come on.
0: Now, imagine if you had practiced all those hours and hours
1: and hours and hours, and at the end of it, your, your mentor, the ghost of Ricky Jay, said to you, now, Freddie, remember. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. The reason we spend these hours, these lonely hours in our <laughs> living room, is so that we never have to do card tricks.
0: Mm. Right. You're right. That's total... That's jacked up. It's, that's completely wild to me you're right i've never thought of that like i would be angry i would be like well what am i doing here it's like well you know the best fight is the one that you're not in it's like why am Mm. i not i'll just i'll be a cross-country runner but if i wanted to do that i wouldn't be in here breaking boards (laughs) (laughs) at the end of dental
1: hygienist school they just say the best tooth is the one you've never cleaned
0: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I took karate to know myself, and I know that the myself that I've come to know would want to kick serious ass constantly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, now that it can. Now that it can. Okay. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, uh, boy, detective. Jesse, how do you
2: feel about recurring segments? I love a, yes, a rec seg. Yes, we have a lot of great rec segs on Jordan, Jesse Goh. Um, feelings about sparkling water, of course. Jaywalking. Jaywalking, uh-huh. Um, Crash Bandicoot lore. The great Carsini. Mm-hmm. A lot of great recurring segments on Jordan Jesse Go, but I have one that I think is going to become a fan favorite. This is going to be our top ten list. Um, it's called A List of Independent Bookstores That People Have Told Me They've Pre-Ordered the Bubble Graphic Novel From.
1: This is the yeah. exciting new graphic novel that's based on the smash hit podcast created by Jordan Morris? The very same. The uh, one that was co-written by by beloved Jordan Jesse Go guest Sarah Morgan? Yes. That's all I got. Yeah. I'm glad that we clarified which one it was. That's the one. Art by the great Tony Cliff, colors by the great
2: natalie Reese. Yeah. Um it's a beautiful looking book and uh people have been pre-ordering it. Uh love to hear from people who have pre-ordered Bubble. Uh definitely uh, uh get at me on social media if you've uh, pre-ordered and want to let me know. Always cool to see. Uh you can of course pre-order it at Amazon or Barnes and Noble, but uh a maybe a, a more fun and exciting thing you can do is pre-order it from your local indie bookstore. Um, all those places are probably uh, having a little bit of a tough time at the moment, as are a lot of businesses, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure indie bookstores are uh, are some of those businesses. And uh, I, I've been having a really good time um, uh, online. People uh, who are shouting out their local indie bookstores where they've pre-ordered Bubble. Uh, the ones I've gotten recently, uh, Riverstone Books in Pittsburgh, PA— uh, book bar in Denver. Book bar looks like it's a lot of fun. They also uh, have a wine bar and some past hors d'oeuvres. Um, I don't know if they're doing that right now, but typically that's something you can do. A book bar. Book bar seems like a lot of fun. Uh, Hicklebees in San Jose. Oh yeah, Jesse, you love Hicklebees, right?
1: Oh yeah, it's uh, it's uh, when I go to San Jose, I always make two stops: Hicklebees right. and of mm-hmm. course the Tech Museum of Innovation.
2: Ah, uh, no trip to San Jose is complete. Without those two stops, um, Vroman's in Pasadena. Vroman's great, uh, a great, a great yeah. uh, bookstore in Pasadena that's been around for over a hundred years, I believe. Um, yeah. And of course, uh, what one of my maybe my favorite, uh, my favorite local indie bookstore, Book Soup, uh, there in Hollywood. It's a, a a great, great indie bookstore, and uh, yeah, you can pre-order Bubble from any of those places if you live near them.
1: That's great, and I bet if you call your local independent bookstore, they'll probably order it for you, too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Do it, and uh, let me know where you got it from, and I'll shout them out on an an upcoming episode.
1: We've got a couple messages up on the Jumbotron. Uh, First one for Rob from Margaret. Uh, Margaret says to Rob, Happy birthday anniversary! Thank you for filling the last nine years of my life with laughter and love, including introducing me to this very, very stupid show.
0: Hey!
2: No, (laughs) she's actually... Wait a minute!
1: She's she's, uh, holding up a picture of Flora's Lava. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry for all the times I've fallen asleep (laughs) listening to, quote, a really funny part, unquote. (laughs) I don't know that the quotes were necessary. Maybe just take his word for it. A beautiful
2: yeah, maybe you just don't get it.
1: <laughs> All my love. Uh happy birthday and anniversary Robin and Margaret. Uh very very touching that you would share it with us. Two idiots. <laughs>
2: Uh, also up on the jumbo drawn, uh, we've got a podcast to tell you about. It's called Dregs of Craig's. Free podcast used as is. Found a podcast by the dumpster behind the chilies. It's called Dregs of Craig's, and it's about three guys finding the weirdest things on Craigslist and riffing on them. Stuff like people selling teeth, candy bar conspiracy theories, capitalist yoga, underground ticklers, autonomous government role play, and more people being horny on Maine. Than there are Critters in the Ocean. You can pick it up from my house or stream it on Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. Listen and subscribe to the podcast, Dregs of Craigs, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You know what's still up on the internet, Jordan? By the way, if you want to <laughs> get on the Jumbotron, it's MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. You know what's still on the internet? Hmm. Casper Hauser Craigslist.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, man. That's some of the funniest stuff there is.
1: It's Craigslist uh, with a K-H. Mm-hmm. And it is truly the greatest thing in the history of the world. Yeah, real good. That's all I have to say about it. Just that it's the greatest thing in the history of the world. Um, the one that the one that I think about the most is: uh, <laughs> we'll trade angel shit for dolphin shit, and then the the body of the post is: I'm into dolphins now
2: not getting any better than that Do you use oh. Craigslist. what's the health of craigslist in 2020
1: i don't know it's doing pretty good you know craig listens to judge john hodgman i met him he came to the oh, san francisco show cool yeah he's a he does a lot of journalism related uh uh philanthropy that's great yeah way to go oh. craigslist I'll put put stuff up on Craigslist from time to time in 2020. Oh, yeah? I enjoy it. Yeah, and I'll use it to look for garage sales, too.
2: I'll never forget the time I traded a walk for two tickets to Great America.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's a fucking good trade, man. It
2: fucking ruled. It was great. Who needs a fucking walk? Would never have happened without Craigslist. (laughs)
1: Lock up your rabbits is the subject line. And then the body is... My pet eagle Clyde just escaped and he is hung slash angry. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Love you, love you, love you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Uh, Freddie
0: Wong, internet loser, and loving it. (laughs) (laughs) He's loving that loser life. It's the best, no expectations, I love it, it's fantastic. I got a couple quick updates here. Uh,
1: First of all, we went on a search, Freddie, for your benefit, uh, to find who was the highest elected official uh, who was a listener to Jordan Jesse Go? This was after we found out that <laughs> the attorney general or district attorney or whatever of British Columbia is a fan of stop podcasting yourself. Our sister show. Are they in oh. charge of the glory holes? Yeah, <laughs> so they, <laughs> they have to do the sanding. You don't want oh, any jagged yeah. edges going in sure splinters. So we found that the mayor of Cramerton, North Carolina. Uh, best known as the uh, the home of a particular kind of khaki cloth, um, is a, a Jordan Jesse Go listener. Uh, he was kind enough, his name's Mayor Will, he was kind enough to make Kramerton t-shirts, he sent us some, to make no. Kramerton t-shirts using a slogan that Jordan, that Jordan coined uh, on our airwaves. These say... Think globally, goat locally, which is a reference to Goat Island, which is one of (laughs) Cramerton's big attractions. Doesn't have goats on it, though. (laughs) We also got an email from a listener named Blake, Blake H. Uh, Blake and their family made it to Goat Island in Cramerton, North Carolina. and uh, Blake was nice enough to send us a picture of Goat Island, which does indeed look very nice. And some real nice. some real nice signs that say, so blessed since 1915. <laughs> <laughs> 1914 was the Great Cramerton Flood.
2: <laughs> but since <laughs> 1915, that, though, it's all been good. Nothing but blessings. Yeah,
1: all blessings. It's all been good.
0: Smooth sailing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um so th- thanks to Blake and of course thanks to Mayor Will of Cramerton North Carolina. Um we're looking forward to playing your annual arts festival uh when that becomes a a thing that can happen. We also have an update on the uh, uh the YouTube Minecraft streamer uh, that we discussed on a on a Sorry, recent Sorry what? Jordan go. <laughs> um, I have a an eight year old a, a, and a six year old. Oh yeah, so they they live in Minecraft. They live in Minecraft, and particularly in the world of one particular um, Minecraft s- streamer, whose name I shall not speak. Um, but many, many, many Jordan Jesse Go listeners, despite the fact that we did not include this person's uh, name in my condemnation of them, uh, knew exactly who I was <laughs> talking about. <laughs> Basically, every single every single Jordan Jesse go listener with a child between five and ten uh, immediately identified the monster uh, who takes his child listeners on tours of his of his Lamborghini garage. <laughs> anyway. Sam B. sent in a sort of kid save the darndest, something that uh, uh, their eight-year-old son said uh, while they were trying to fix the toilet. Uh, Sam B. was trying to fix the toilet, and the son said, Hey, Dad, even love you was once a nub. So go ahead and bleep that. You mispronounced noob, Jesse. No, it's nub. It's noob and nub but Love you. again brian bleep that he says nub huh instead of noob i know this because my child has accused me of being a nub wow oh, no. No.
2: it's a sad no. day when a kid <laughs> finally realizes his father is a nub
1: <laughs> i'm driving a station wagon i don't have a ferrari garage
0: i don't even have a garage Freud talks about it. Freud talks about that as a very key moment is realizing that your your father figure is, in fact, a nub. (laughs) Does nub mean the same thing as noob?
1: Yeah, I think it means about the same thing as noob. I think it's just like an alternate
3: noobs and nubs, you know?
1: Sure. Let's call the whole thing off. Let's check out wikidiff.com. What's the difference between (laughs) nubs and noobs? Uh, Nubs, an alternative form of noob. Nub is an alternative. Mm. As nouns, uh, the the difference between nub and noob is that nub is the innermost section of a chrysalis in a silk cocoon, or nub can be a noob in internet slang.
2: And on the East Coast, it's a nub, and on the West Coast, it's Carl's Jr. (laughs) 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 If a kid ever calls you Carl's Jr.,
1: in an online game, you know what he's talking about. <sighs> Stream globally, nub locally, something like that.
0: Yeah, make some shirts. <laughs> make some shirts, assholes. <laughs> have you had to, um, within, within the Minecraft world, have you had to uh, uh, step in and, and, and sort of handle any in-Minecraft drama? Yes, Wait, what? Yeah, Freddie. What's an
2: example of drama that can occur within Minecraft?
1: Well, you could TNT the door of somebody's house. That happened to my kid this weekend. It's pretty. It's pretty fucked up. Oh, so you, so
0: you are. So you do have to deal with that. Isn't that wild? It is a very active part of my life. Um, I had a friend of mine. Uh, you know, he uh, tech savvy, and their neighborhood had. He had like a server, a Minecraft server for all the kids in the neighborhood, and he was like, "You're not going to believe this shit." I had to have a sit down family meeting with every other parent. I had a whole evening where we had to discuss the behavior of our kids in this virtual world because one kid doesn't play nice and keeps stealing the other kid's diamonds and it's going back and forth. He's like, I had to, uh, we all had to sit down and talk to these other people. I don't even know these people, but these kids are playing on the server. I just want to shut down the server. I don't know why I set this up.
2: This sounds like the pog the pog arguments of my youth. It's
1: serious business. Minecraft's serious business. This is like a very active part of my life. Like my poor six-year-old is at such a hard time, you know, and I do, we don't want to take away anything that makes him happy. And he does love the Minecraft as much as I hate it. And, you know, I can see that in Minecraft you're sort of like making stuff and it's more interesting and creative than some alternatives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, But uh, it's awful. And he plays it with his friend from kindergarten, which is great because he doesn't get to see him in real life. So it's great that they get to play together because he doesn't get to see any of his other friends. You know what I mean? Like, it's nice that they have this thing to connect over every time it ends in tears. Screaming in tears every single time. These are two of the sweetest kids in the world. Every single time somebody is pranking a nub and they TNT the door of the house or whatever. And then, of course, you got to deal with those green guys that I can't remember the name of. <laughs> the they, might, they might come. Who knows if you go to the nether. I, wh- whatever is going on in here, it leaves them upset every single time. So what happens is during this time that we think is going to be a time when they're happy, and we get to do something else besides actively take care of them. Me in my house and this other kid's uh, parent in his house have to like hover behind them to diffuse situations as they arise.
0: <laughs> you sh- I, listen, I think, again, not to step in on parenting styles, yeah. but I think if you create a character and get in there... And turn on all the cheats for yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think this is an alternate way of doing it, and I think it'll make life a lot easier. You can repair things. You can,
1: you know, just saying. So you want me to get in there and,
0: yes, oh, I'll boy. walk you through it. I'm not even kidding. I'll walk you through it. Yeah, how much, I love Freddie. Minecraft. How, how much Minecraft experience do you have? Here's here's how legit my Minecraft experience was. I was in on the alpha. Wow. The year that year, That's the first. I was like, you know what'd be fun. I sh- we should dress up as the guy from Minecraft. So me and a couple of friends we, who were all obsessed with this game because we're like, it's like Legos, but you're the size of the Lego and you get to build it. Like it's essentially right. And they just tap that fantasy of Legos for us and in our adult lives. We all dress up as Minecraft characters. We went to a so-called nerd party. Not a single fucking person recognized what we were. Within one year the same sort of you know yearly gathering, everyone was like Minecraft. Even about Minecraft, you heard about Minecraft. It's like you sons of bitch. we were on this shit a year ago, and you guys <laughs> made fun of our Old blocky news. weird costumes. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed the game. I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it, it it scratches an inner architectural nerd thing in my head, where I kind of like making you know weird architectural spaces in it. It like I'm not even kidding. The nerdiest like I think one of the first things I did in Minecraft once they like had like like white colored blocks was to recreate the Farnsworth House which is an which is an architectural uh uh, uh piece of uh, uh like modern uh I think it's Mies van der Ro- is it van der anyway it's like it's just it's you know it's the it's a nerdy ass thing to do in Minecraft yeah. so I love Minecraft wow
1: i was going to guess falling water
3: mm
0: Sure. Water is a little, you know what, a little too baroque, a little too arabesque for right. my taste. And frankly, right, right. and frankly, Frank Lloyd Wright, he was clearly a short dude, and he made sure you knew it when you walked into his freaking houses. <laughs> <laughs> I only, this? I only take, I only uh, participate in brutalist Minecraft. <laughs> oh, but see, now Minecraft actually works really well for brutalism. It because does because of the concrete texture; it's, it's fantastic. For brutalism. Yeah, can,
2: it's it's easier. You can then you can turn off Minecraft when you're done. <laughs> mm.
0: Build
1: when, a functional building and then turn it off. <laughs> when something momentous happens to you, call us at 206 984 4FUN or send us a voicemail memo uh, at jjgo at maximumfun.org as this person has.
3: Hi, Jordan says he, President Obama. Close. Um, I Can you pause it, was- please,
1: Brian? How are we going to book President Obama?
0: Are you telling me I was a second choice? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can't book. We can't book President Obama. President Obama. He's is a, is a former president of the United States, a best-selling author. This guy goes on, you know, David Letterman's Netflix show. He doesn't come on our show. We got Michelle next week, though. She has a podcast.
3: <laughs> we got Michelle because she has a podcast. Press play again, Brian. Hi, Jordan. Jesse, President Obama. Um, I just started listening to the show recently, and I've kind of been skipping around old episodes. So far, maybe about 40% of episodes have included references to Jose and or Jose Canseco. Uh, so I assume <laughs> that's what the show is about, and you'd like to hear my momentous occasion. Uh, several years ago, I was playing poker in Vegas when Jose sat down at the table. He played for a few hours, um, chatted with the people next to him, you know, normal guy. But then uh, no, one, no one at the table brought up the fact that he was Jose Canseco. It seemed like nobody knew. So when he left the game, again, nobody said a word. I finally asked everyone, you know, did anyone notice that was Major League Baseball superstar Jose Canseco? And the guy who was sitting across from the table from him, who had uh, been doing most of the chatting with Jose, I'd say, right away says, oh my God, I knew that wasn't a normal person, but I didn't know Jose Canseco. Anyway, uh, thanks for the last, over the last few weeks, they've really been needed and appreciated.
1: Man, if you, if you're out there and you've met Jose or Ozzy Canseco... And you know what? I'm going to th- throw this one in for free. If you've met second baseman Mike Gallego or shortstop Walter Weiss or even Carney Lansford, give us a call at 206-984-4FUN. I'm looking at you, people who've met Ron Hassey or Terry Steinbach. If you've met Dave Henderson or Luis Polonia, give us a call, 206 984 4 fun dennis eckersley call us 206-984 for fun dave stewart hit us up mike moore could do this probably for a lot longer so i'm gonna stop yeah
0: yeah, i believe it i believe it um i have a baseball story for if you have a second Ooh, yeah yeah of course so always for a baseball uh, a, story. A brief for a brief period, I'm trying to actually find give me one second here. Let me just I just want to make sure I get the name right. Um so for a brief moment, you all you all recall the video game Guitar Hero yes. was a thing and people played it and loved it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um so during that time, uh is this? Yes. Okay, cool. Perfect. So during that time, uh, I was getting, uh, I, I was really good at the game, just naturally was lucky, was crazy, stupid, good uh, at that game. Um, I won some competitions. I was briefly, because there was no other competitions, a world champion of Guitar Hero. Uh, I was put on the front page of the, of the uh, Seattle PI um okay. the CL Times ran the CL Times ran actual news which should tell you exactly which newspaper was the real newspaper <laughs> at that time um uh so I was getting random requests from places to like hey come play Guitar Hero like set up our karaoke night for Guitar Hero I'm getting paid as a professional Guitar Hero wow. player did you, did you like,
2: have like a like a like a song like a signature song
0: was it so i would dragon force is
2: that the that's the hardest (laughs) so this is before
0: this is guitar hero 2 so this is before that came out i would do like showy guitar hero guitar moves emulating you know the greats right the the the, the pete townsends and 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 what have you's of the world and sort of aping their moves while playing this very silly plastic video game sort of very tongue-in-cheek but also doing very well at the video game my shtick
1: you didn't just you weren't just good at guitar hero you had an act (laughs)
0: <laughs> i had an act man i had a guitar wow. hero thing i've been flown all over the world to play guitar hero and <laughs> rock band i've met what's the crazy I've had a, what's the craziest place you've gone on guitar hero probably time? ibiza spain wow to promote the european release of rock band i was on t i was on mtv's trl what? sebastian bach
2: oh my gosh
0: watched us play guitar hero um yeah again wow. like, like I said this was a wild period and and I will get into it one of these days in the, in perhaps in the future appearance but for the purposes of this one yeah. uh, one of the wildest places Thank that Thank God, God we spent up. the first hour of this show talking about Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> one of the more wild places I ended up was the Mariner's Bullpen. So I got an email from a friend of mine, a friend of a friend who was working with the team at the time. I think this was like 2007, 2008, somewhere in there. And they were like, Hey, uh, it turns out that's like the way all those guys were blowing off steam. Like before games, they would just have a PlayStation. They would just run through guitar hero. And they saw the the article <laughs> and they're like, Hey, you want to come by and just hang out and play guitar hero with the guys. Now I'm not, and and in in particular, it was, I think, J.J. Putz, the relief pitcher, who was like totally, he he was in the, as a Mariner at the time, totally into Guitar Hero. He's like, come on by, like, let's all hang out and play Guitar Hero. So, I didn't know, I don't know anything about baseball. I'm not a baseball guy at all. So, I have a friend who is a huge Mariners fan. So, I was like, hey, you want to just come along with me? He's like, what? Really? Oh, my gosh. So, we went, we spent an afternoon before a game playing Guitar Hero in their bullpen, and I think of the thing that I remember the most during that time period was one, all every it was just wild realizing everybody there was either younger than me or the same age. Like you think of you think of baseball play you think of like sports players as being like you know these uh, these other people who are outside. Even at that time, I was like, I, "This I'm older than these than everyone in here." Yeah. They are men;
1: we are children.
0: <laughs> yeah you would think that right but playing guitar hero no i was the man in that yes room. um <laughs> <laughs> yeah you mopped the floor with those professional athletes um i remember also that ichiro came by to observe and he was kind of like rarefied air you could even feel it he was in the back kind of arms crossed like you know towel around his waist watching us goof around and then someone was like hey you want you want in on this and he didn't say a word he just sort of looked over like did a very subtle nod and then went back to his training <laughs> wow
1: <laughs> oh
0: so hey listen kids video games can take you places that's the moral of the story
2: <laughs> did, did you when you when you were a guest of the baseball team did you get a free uh tiny batting helmet with an ice cream sundae in it
3: <laughs> no
0: i forgot to ask for that yeah, i got some ask. cool, yeah, some cool just... mariners merch but yeah they don't just give those away oh, that's cool.
1: you'll probably get as much big league chew as you want
0: yeah as much bigly choose as you want and also we all got to walk the diamond diamond at safeco and i very and this is this again me not being really a baseball guy i remember standing on that pitcher's mound and talking talking about the game coming up and all that and really kind of just you know faking the conversation but distinctly being like i could play this that's not far first that little i could run that yeah first the home plate the i could do that it's easy i watch it. i've been a baseball player such is my hubris
1: <laughs> well if something momentous happens to you like you play guitar hero with Seattle Mariners closer JJ Putz, <laughs> 206-984-4fun or jjgo at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go.
3: La 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 la, 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 la. macho man to the top rope. The flying elbow, the cover. <laughs> We've got a new champion. We're here with Macho Man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, Match?
0: I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast, oh yeah.
3: Tell us more about this podcast.
0: It's the podcast of power,
3: too
1: sweet
0: to be sour, funky like a monkey, woke discussions, man, and jokes about wrestlers' fashion choices, myself excluded, yeah. I can't
3: wait to listen. Neither can I. You can find it Saturdays on Maximum Fun. Oh yeah, dig it! La 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 la. la, la.
1: It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart.
0: Jordan Morris, boy detective. Freddie Wong, former professional guitar hero player, reliving his glory. Man. Freddie, you've you've lived many lives. (laughs) (laughs) That is, I mean, like, Be totally honest. My personal philosophy is try and collect as many weird experiences as humanly possible before you go. That's like my that if I don't have any religious beliefs, that is the one philosophy I ascribe to, which is try and do as much weird shit as you can. Honestly, not a bad one. I will,
2: (laughs) I I will follow your church. I will give you money. I will tithe. (laughs) I will tithe to you.
1: (laughs) I'm just looking at J.J. Putz's baseball reference page. You know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> the guy had some good years, J.J. Putts. 40 saves, one three eighty ERA in 2007. Come on. Did it say if he could uh, beat the Dragon Force level in Guitar Hero 2?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, Let but me he's... add that to the wiki because I can uh, speak to that personally. Oh, okay. He has a pretty good FIP,
1: so that's good. If you're worried it's about his great. FIP.
0: I was.
2: You
1: know. I was concerned. Uh, Freddie, it's been a joy to have you on the program. What a What a delight. Uh, Freddie Wong, of course, besides uh, all of his work over there at Rocket Jump on the YouTube, uh, which is very delightful YouTube. This is not just him taking us on tours of his Lamborghini garage.
0: I came in the era before YouTube money could get you a Lamborghini. So <laughs> what I do have is I do have a 20, a 2013 Honda Odyssey minivan. And Pretty I'm good. proud of it. Pretty good. And you know what? Minivan? Mm-hmm beautiful just a beautiful car yeah listen you if you couldn't. haven't tried it treat yourself right folks <laughs> that's a
1: nice whip my wife got a honda odyssey minivan that thing that thing that thing whips
0: that thing's pretty good vans rule you know are the number one reason vans rule all the utility of a truck plus you don't have to bring anything in because you can just leave it in the car and cover it up with a tarp you're like ah, that's fine <laughs> yeah you need a place to store your tarp too why pay for, why pay for uh, a storage, public storage, when you could have a minivan?
1: <laughs> a, a van is a truck you can fuck in. That's <laughs> true. I mean, you can technically fuck in a truck. Sure. But you might get a ticket, you know what I mean? Or get poked by something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a man can live as he wants inside a van without <laughs> the law
1: poking its nose in we're free to
2: do the
0: things that we're gonna do
1: you know how the government's been taking away our liberties yes you can do (laughs) yeah i've noticed you can do any goddamn thing you want inside a van that's true
0: (laughs) back of a van uncle sam ain't got ain't got yep ain't no uncle sam in the back of the van yes what's that what's
1: that uncle sam you don't want me starting small fires Well, I think I'll take it to the back of my van. Thank you very much. (laughs) Anything you want in the back of a van.
2: You don't want me drawing my own currency? (laughs) Well, I can do it in my van.
1: I've got these Odyssey bucks.
0: What's that, Uncle Sam? Six cup holders within arm's reach of the driver's seat is too many cup holders? My odyssey begs to differ, sir.
2: <laughs> so many drinks. What's that, Mayor
0: Bloom
1: fart? <laughs> You don't know, think right. I should okay, drink sodas?
2: Right. How about I drink all six right. at once?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that'll show Bloomfart who's boss.
1: Oh, a little toot-toot, mm. that's what I call him. Mayor Bloomfart. Yeah. <laughs> all this guy ever does is fart. I've noticed. He must eat beans <laughs> for every meal, Mayor Bloomfart. Right. <laughs> Never had a van in his life. Oh, this guy drives nothing but sedans. I just... He had a van and just fill it with farts. Can't. I don't know where. I don't know how that guy got kids because you can't fuck in a sedan. You know what I mean? Hmm. Thank you. Much less start a small fire. <laughs> <laughs> just a
2: little, <laughs> you know. I call my uh, Prius the uh, virginity chariot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My mom actually took significant umbrage with me picking up a minivan. Oh, yeah. She, she said she said she was, was like very disappointed in a way that in a tone that I had not heard in a very long time. She was like, Freddie, if you drive that van, like how like what will women think of you? <laughs> and I said, Mom, I said, Mom, maybe the kind of woman that's right for me wouldn't think less of me for just wow. driving this van.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. maybe a woman who's DTF would be looking for a guy with a van. Yeah. And she said, no, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Freddie, you did. I mean, obviously, look, you work in film production. Uh, you need some a way to drag around all your film stuff. You did miss out on oh. a chance to have a Ford Transit Connect. <laughs> That's the real dream: is to have a Ford Transit Connect, have a commercial van.
0: Two roads diverged in a wood, and I.
1: <laughs> uh, Freddie Wong, one of the hosts of the wonderful Max Fun podcast, story break, uh, in which they create films live on air.
0: <laughs> Essentially, right <laughs> yeah, there, we a- do our best to try and come up with a movie in an hour. Uh, we've we've been on a good run, if I do say so myself. I have a you know a pretty, I feel like a pretty objective view of my of the podcast. We're doing pretty good as of late. What's the best one? What's the best movie you've created recently? So we've been kind of going on this tear of sort of very. <laughs> I think mean, there was one of my favorite ones that we did recently was we put in uh, our in our phones autocorrect the word the phrase Star Wars but and then just let it fill out and wow. so the prompt the prompt that we that we worked off of was Star Wars but I think it's a good idea.
1: <laughs> oh, I would have said Star Wars but Han Solo. Because mm. <laughs> that's the number one Star Wars butt right?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%
1: and those little gun pants.
2: Oof. Mm. Mm. Check out the turd cutter on Han. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, that's no moon.
3: Uh, Ooh, more no. like hand tutor. Oh, no.
2: I've got oh, a good no. feeling about this. Oh
0: wow. Wow. Fart that so was like a flurry. <laughs> incredible.
1: So tired, you guys, just of everything. <laughs> 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 Uh, well, Freddie, it's been a joy to have you on the program as ever, as
0: always. Fantastic, love it. Um, Lo- love my time here. Yes, I'm s-
1: thanks for coming, man. I'm sorry about I'm sorry about all that Avatar stuff. Like you having to watch the movie Avatar.
0: Listen, i I old Jimmy C and I will be the ones with the last laugh come 2021. <laughs> Mark my words. <laughs> what uh What's the last
1: uh, What's the last magical trick you learned?
0: Uh, so there's this magic. <laughs> There's this magic trick that I've been working on. It's a strange one, but it involves um, my evil twin showing up. Yeah. Um, There's this... And and as an explanation for, like, why I'm able to do magic tricks is, yeah, my evil twin follows me around and, like, looks over your shoulder and texts me what your card is sort of thing. Um, My dream is this. My dream is this. I think that the moment you have something named after you in anything, you've conquered that thing. So, for example... (laughs) There are certain, like in rock climbing, a hobby that I was getting into prior to this year, and I enjoy. There's number, there's a number of moves that have like names that's you know, it's named after so and so or what have you, right? Magic is the exact same way. There's certain moves. There's palms. There's card maneuvers that are you know so and so. It's the you know, there's the lapaul spread. There's a so you know there's a whole range of these sort of things. I've been trying to figure out if I can get a move into the lexicon. That's been like like kind of my side project is trying to figure out a move. Oh man, you gotta get a move you gotta get a move otherwise you you haven't really made your mark on the thing <laughs> that you're trying to do you know
1: have you ever heard of uh a thorn fuck <laughs> 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 I'm not too far into it but
0: <laughs> <laughs> it takes place in a Honda Odyssey. <laughs> or one of these resorts. Right, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the, so the desire, the desire resort and spa. I mean, like, right, that's that's the ground zero that you would need to be at to sort of seed these kinds, you know, if you'll excuse the expression, seed these kinds of maneuvers. Right.
1: Uh, Jordan Jesse Go is, uh, uh, we're on Twitter at Jesse Thorne at Jordan underscore Morris. You can hashtag your tweets, JJ Go. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, where you will also find the Maximum Fun Facebook group, you can find us on Reddit at MaximumFun.reddit.com. Always a lively conversation there. Our producer is Brian Sunny D. Fernandez, and our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. We are deeply committed to quality, so if you notice any mistakes in this week's program, please uh, tweet them at JDPower, uh, at JDPower and Associates, at JDPower on Twitter, uh, we love you all very much, and we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go.
3: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture.
0: Artist owned.
1: Audience supported.